0: This is Reverend Mary Ellen Swartz. I'm an ordained unity minister. And currently, my ministry is online through podcasts and through sharing some affirmations uh, on a Facebook uh, website. So, um, I've been doing a series on the parables. I love the parables of Jesus. Um, To me, they just say so much in such a short uh, period of time. Few words are used. To share very deep messages. Just a reminder that a parable is a story that is designed to illustrate or true, teach a truth or a principle and it's, it's really multifaceted. It might have one theme but uh, different levels of meaning. So I usually think about Jesus parables as being provocative because uh, to be provocative is to challenge Our thinking and so um it's to provoke us to think more deeply and i don't know this is just what i think that anyone with a pulse is going to find something in every parable that applies to them and many of jesus parables begin with the kingdom is like and then he follows with stories about different things uh last time and this series, we talked about um, the the wise and the foolish who, and they're having the light for the for to attend the wedding feast. And today, uh, just following that, uh, this is in the 25th chapter of Matthew. In case I didn't say that, um, we find the story of the talents. And. I don't know but about you, but in my early experience in a very traditional uh, church, this parable was explained in a, a scary way. It says that a man was leaving on a journey, and he was leaving his talents or his resources uh, with the servants. And from the angle of that very traditional church, Uh, It had to do with our resources and abilities. And the bottom line of of how that was interpreted that I remember was that we were to use our talents to spread the message of Jesus. And that um, when Jesus uh, returned again, we were going to have to give an accounting of that. And so, of course, no one wanted to be the one that was called lazy and worthless and and would have everything taken from them and and cast into outer darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We didn't want that. And that was scary stuff. I have to say that I have always been one who questioned everything, much to the chagrin of some adults when I was a child. But that story didn't really add up to me. I I, I always understood. God to be love, unconditional love. And I considered Jesus to be my master teacher, my way shower, taught me understand that love. And so of course, the the way that story was interpreted um, in my early life didn't make sense to me. Anyway, fast forward a few years and I found unity. And I found the metaphysical approach, and thankfully for me, because it answered so many questions. Now, I love the metaphysical way of looking at the teachings of Jesus, because not only does it make sense, but I found that it applies to me, um, whatever I'm dealing with at any moment, at any step on my journey. So I'd like to look at this story with you today and just offer uh, some thoughts and see whether or not that might be something that is helpful so the elder story uh, could sound kind of strange to us today because um, but it wouldn't have been strange to people who originally heard a story like this because it's a story about a businessman uh, taking a journey and he's leaving his affairs in the hands of trusted people. Now, these were not slaves. They were employees or trustees with fiduciary responsibilities. They had the power to buy and to sell and to lend, take care of business when this man was absent. According to Jesus' story, the man entrusted different amounts to the different ones left in charge. And here's what it says, each according to his ability. In other words, one would have been the overseer, would have had more experience, and would have been given more responsibility. But the others would have had less experience, and so they would have been responsible for less, each according to their particular ability. And... In earlier times, risk-taking was discouraged. Investing and trading were not favored. So preserving what one already had was thought to be the most prudent thing. And according to rabbinical law of that time, burying was the best security against theft. So if a person had been entrusted with someone's money, they probably would bury it right away. And then they would be free from any liability should anything happen to it. And uh, this sort of explains why the one talent guy considered burying the the talents uh, an appropriate choice. So he wasn't being stupid. He was just trying to be conservative. So surely Jesus had more in mind when he gave this parable. Some of the original hearers may have thought that Jesus was referring to the religious leaders of their day who wanted to keep the status quo. And that might have been something within his, his uh, thought. But if we consider what this would mean to us, we would realize it means uh, keeping the status quo means no growth or no expansion. And so he is saying in this parable that the kingdom is like and so to me it means the kingdom is like growth or the kingdom is like expansion the kingdom is like use in other words investing or using energy or talent contains a very real possibility of growth not using it or inactivity doesn't So I sense that Jesus was pointing this out through the parables of planting and growing that all life is about growing and that our spiritual life is about growing what's within us. Now at the time of this parable, a talent referred to the largest monetary denomination. Apparently, one talent was equal to the wage of an ordinary worker for 15 years, which means the amount entrusted was not small. It was really quite substantial. Today, we use the word talent to mean our inner gifts or our natural abilities. We don't think about it in that other respect. And... It's true, metaphysically, the talents we receive um, are in the form of energy. So, the parable does teach us about using and managing energy in a wise way. But consider this. The man in the story went on a journey. And he had talents that he left in charge with those who were responsible think about this think about the man the journey and the talents and those left in charge all being about us parts of our consciousness our thoughts our beliefs and what we notice is that the men or the people all demonstrated according to their belief And this is a truism. We all demonstrate according to the level of our belief. In fact, we are limited only by our belief. And that would be true then, and it's true now. Unity teaches that we form the infinite invisible in our lives through the creative activity of our consciousness. Said another way. Our words, our thoughts, our beliefs, our attitudes all shape energy. And we are always working with the law of mind action. Law of mind action is about what we do with the energy that we have and how we use it. And the outcome will be the difference between. Experiencing the kingdom, experiencing the good, or not experiencing the good. Knowing our oneness with our source, or not knowing it, makes all the difference in our lives. Jesus said, To him who has, it shall be given, and it shall increase to him. But to he who has not, even that which he has shall be taken away. Doesn't this sound like a harsh teaching? But it isn't, if you think about it this way. It's really explaining how the law of mind action works. Remember I said earlier, mind action is about what we do with the energy we receive. What we do with our thoughts and our words, beliefs, our attitudes. That's what shapes it. So, in a sense, this parable is explaining how that all works. Working with spiritual law isn't about being a good person or a bad person. It's about whether we are allowing the flow of energy or whether we are blocking the flow of energy. It's sort of like The one who fearfully held on to what he had been given. When we hold on with fear, we block our flow and we end up getting more to fear. Some teachings, then, with regard to Jesus' comment about um, being accountable and, you know, outer darkness and the gnashing of teeth, some teachings use this term of outer darkness as, as being a place, um, but that's not really how unity sees this. If you want to use the term outer darkness, well, of course, that's up to you. But I would suggest thinking about it not as a place, but as a state of consciousness. So uh, a state of consciousness that could be likened to when we are in um, feeling disconnected from the flow feeling disconnected from the light now in the story it says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth well think about that weeping doesn't that sort of represent sad thoughts and feelings and gnashing of teeth doesn't that seem to represent angry feelings or thoughts But if you think about it, this is never a permanent kind of thing. It's temporary because we always have a choice to have a different focus. We can always choose again. So I submit that this parable is about how life works. And it also is a great prosperity lesson. Use is the law of increase. In the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, uh, there, there's a reference to how use is the law of increase. And this is how Mr. Fillmore said it. God gives the increase. This is to be remembered. Increase comes by the operation of universal law, and our part is to keep the law. Use of the talent of life will expand it. You do this by talking about life, praising it, and giving thanks. Act as though you were glad to be alive, and you will gain a new realization of and an increase of life itself. And then further on, he says, Never allow yourself to come under the control of the I can't man that believes in limitation and wraps his talent in the limitation and hides it away. No increase is possible to him. And so this parable for me is a reminder that we are each here to be creative, to activate or use our talents, our resources, our energies, not to keep the status quo, but to expand our consciousness, to grow in understanding, and in growing to make a difference. Not just in our life, but to make a difference in others. We all know we can't keep doing what we've been doing and get something different. And I think Jesus' parables about the kingdom of heaven really illustrate this. That, that a state of inner knowing or oneness or connectedness with the source is what makes the difference. Today's parable Teaches something important about developing our understanding of the kingdom of all good. The kingdom that's within us. It's an invitation to get our energies moving in our life. Put into circulation something that has been metaphorically buried or unused. It's also a reminder to put into circulation items that have been unused. And... And for me, it's a reminder, don't save your best for another moment. Use it now. And if you aren't using it, pass it along to someone else who will put it into use. Use is the law of increase. God bless you. We'll talk about another parable next time. But have a wonderful week. And I know you will because that will be your choice. Blessings. Bye-bye.